listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Bucru Media and Ornitos Tequila, the official tequila of Bucru Media and the Straight Up Saints podcast. Now, this is going to be a preview episode, of course, of the Saints upcoming matchup with the New York Giants. And I know that a lot of the Saints fans are still trying to figure out what is this team. I know they had a statement win against the Packers, then a letdown game against the Panthers, and then I wouldn't say a complete game against the Patriots, but a pretty impressive performance nonetheless with the way they were able to perform against that Patriots offense. It kind of just shut them down, and now you're 2-1 and one going into week four. Where does this team stand? We're going to get more answers because they're going up against a giant team that, frankly, the Saints should beat. We're going to talk about all the matchups, the prediction, what needs to go right for that game. I'll talk about all that in a little bit. But before I do that, I just want to say one real quick thing. Finally, the Saints are back in the Superdome. No longer the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, the Caesar Superdome, but the Saints are back nonetheless. It kind of feels like when The Rock returns to Raw and he just starts screaming, finally, The Rock has come back home. But seriously, guys, no, seriously, this is amazing. And I know for us Saints fans, the last month and a half has just been a total utter mess in terms of trying to track where this team is. One day they're at TCU, one day they're at the Cowboys facility, next day they're playing a game in Jacksonville, then they got to go all the way back to go home you have your home facility. You have all the, every, basically everything you need at your disposal. The players talked about it today, like James Hurst saying, when you need cryotherapy, you need your hot tub or your cool tub, anything, it's at your disposal. It's everything. It's your home. You know what you're accustomed to. And I think for the Saints, that is going to give them such an emotional lift. And for a team that is just battered right now by injuries, I think getting that emotional lift almost makes up for a lot of things. Because when you go into that Superdome, at least from the jump. And I know the game's going to dictate how you know energetic this crowd gets. From the jump, though, this team is going to be playing with a crowd that is basically just going to be a buzzsaw. Like, I know it's hard to compare to 2006. I don't think anything will ever be like 2006. But just remember how great that crowd was. And if it's even a fraction of how amazing that atmosphere was, it could be one of those games where the crowd just, you're not going to win. The opposing side just not going to win if you go into New Orleans and they're that energetic. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that aspect of it plays. I am absolutely sure it's going to play a part. If you're the Saints and you're a Saints fan watching this game, you should expect multiple false starts. You should expect tough communication for Daniel Jones and that Giants offense, which could be missing a couple of key pieces I'll talk about in just a little bit. So I, I think this crowd, I'm excited. I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to see the Caesars Superdome open up, to see you guys back in the dome, whether you guys are wearing your crazy outfits or just getting as loud as possible or dancing on the sidelines, watching the Saints just get loose. It's going to be great. We all missed it. To, to think that it's going to be October 3rd and be their first true home game, it, it it almost stinks, but at the same time, it's worth the wait. And now that they are 2-1 and one, and they got through the hardest part, in my opinion, emotionally, of their season, and you know how well they play in October, We'll see. They could be on the upward trajectory, which would be great for this team. So with that being said, let's get into the injury report because with every week, it matters who's healthy. And, and that almost kind of dictates whether or not someone's going to be able to have an edge in this game. And for the Saints, you know, honestly, the injury report's not that bad. I know that a lot of us have been kind of upset with the way every week it feels like a big name goes down. But you look at it, the main one here is Teron Armstead out several weeks with an elbow injury. So he obviously did not, did not participate in Wednesday's practice. And then Eric McCoy, which I find a little fascinating because Eric McCoy 
He's been out since week one. I thought that the Saints would put him on IR if they thought he'd miss three games. And then for him not to be on IR, I thought to myself, okay, maybe he plays in week four, but it's not looking good for him. I don't think he plays on Sunday, which kind of means they could have put him on IR. Nonetheless, that's fine. You have Lattimore with a hand injury listed as a full participant, which is great news. And then Jameis Winston listed as a full participant with a knee injury. Also, good news that they're full. A little discouraging, though, that Jameis is on the injury report because that kind of makes you think he's taken a lot of hits over the last couple of weeks. That has to stop. And obviously, it's ending, It's kind of weighing its toll on Winston. And I just want to put this out there. I know it's three weeks and it's just one injury report. But the last three years, if this is going to continue... It's a trend where the Saints quarterbacks are getting hurt because the O-line is not protecting as well as we thought they'd be able to. So the protection up front needs to get better. You can't have your quarterback getting injured every year. That's just not a sustainable just way of playing in the NFL, especially when the quarterback position is so important. So hopefully Winston's good to go. I think he will be just a full, you know, a full participant's nothing to really panic over at the moment. As for who can return, Will Clapp could return from IR and, and basically play in this game. That's good news for the Saints because I never thought I'd say it. Never thought in 2021 I'd be saying Will Clapp's return is big for New Orleans. But if he comes back, you could play him at center. You could put Cesar Ruiz at guard, which, by the way, I have been a I have been someone who's come to bat to defend Cesar Ruiz. I'm running out of patience here, guys. He's about like two more bad performances away from me just like slapping him with the bus label because it just hasn't worked out. It hasn't looked good for Cesar Ruiz. I thought he was yet again atrocious at center. And if you're the Saints, man, that 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 seems like a swing and a miss right now through the first three weeks of the season. We'll see what happens. So maybe they kick him to guard and he'll return to decent or serviceable form. Just be serviceable. That's all I'm asking. As for more good news, probably the best news of the injury report. No Peyton Turner, no to no Passanio, no Pete Werner, not even listed. They're good to go. And why do I say that's great news? These were guys who were listed on last year on last week's injury report to not be here. That means they're feeling good. They're feeling fresh. That's amazing news for the Saints defensive line because to know and Peyton Turner give them that nice combo across from Cam Jordan, and that's really where you're going to need this D-line to step up, especially against the New York Giants. Now, before I get to the New York Giants side of the injury thing, because, man, their list is probably longer than New Orleans Saints, if you guys are listening on Twitter, I know you guys love leaving your comments during live streams. For some reason right now, Twitter is not allowing that. It's a very weird phase for them. That being said, I did leave a YouTube link on my Twitter. It's the first tweet after this live stream. If you guys go to that link, you tap in, You can leave your comments. I can pull them up on the screen for you guys, and I can get you more involved in this live stream if you want. And if you want to just keep watching from Twitter, just do your thing. I see you guys watching from there. But if you want to join via uh, via YouTube and leave your comments, do that. I left the the link to the video on my Twitter account. Go there and chat it up with me, and I'll pull your your comment up on the screen. Now, let's get to the New York Giants. The Giants, obviously, 0-3. Yet again, struggling in this very awkward phase of like they're about one more loss away from blowing this thing the hell up. And man, as someone who's from New York, I would love nothing more than for the Saints to be the ones that force the Giants to just blow the whole operation up and fire Jason Garrett and fire all these dudes and basically admit that this season's a wash. I love it and I hope that happens. That being said, let's just kind of look at what's going on with their roster. The main news for the Giants is their best inside linebacker, Blake Martinez, who they signed to a big deal two years ago. He suffered a torn ACL against the Falcons, which is brutal news, not just for Blake because Blake has just been a tackling machine the last couple of years, but it's brutal news for the Giants' defense because he is that leader of their defense. He's the guy in the middle. He's the anchor. Now, he might not be a Demario Davis because he's not you know as versatile as a Demario Davis, but you're talking about a guy who can play in the run game, who is a really good tackler, and just the guy that kind of just calls everything out for the defense, for him to not be there. I think if you're the New Orleans Saints, I know it just kind of sucks to kick a man when they're down, but when... When Blake Martinez isn't in there, 
you're the New Orleans Saints. You're going to test that middle of the Giants defense and see what they can do, especially with Martinez not there. But he's not the only big name who got hurt in week three for the Giants. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, both really, really good receivers, especially Shepard. He's been fantastic this season. They both have hamstring strains, and they got ruled out very early in week three. And I'm, again, I always say this every week, and I'll keep saying it again. I'm not a doctor, guys. I don't know how these guys are going to recover from injuries. But it's very hard to believe someone who had a hamstring strain a couple of days ago and was ruled out immediately when they happened would be A, able to play six days later, and B, if they play, be super effective. So with Shepard and Slayton both banged up, that really just changes the approach because earlier this week, I was on another Saints podcast and I was talking about this Giants receiving corpse. And I said, look, it's one of the more underrated units because you have Galladay and you have Shepard and you have Slayton. And you got a really intriguing piece in Kadarius Tony. The only thing is the Giants don't even know how to freaking use him, but he's a really intriguing weapon. Well, if you take two of those out, all of a sudden that passing attack's not looking as lethal as we thought it would be going into that game. Now, they're not the only receivers that are injured. I know I, it's like I sound like the guy with the, but wait, there's more. Kenny Galladay's dealing with a hip injury. He's limited. I think he's going to play. He's played through the last two games with it. I'd expect him to play again, but he does not look nearly as explosive as Kenny Galladay's looked in the past. And Saquon's still listed as limited, but Saquon's going to play. It's more so maintenance for a guy who's coming off an ACL tear. And Ben Bredesen, offensive lineman, starting guard for the Giants, he's dealing with a hand injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Don't know if he's going to play on Sunday, but that is a name that you're going to keep out, you know, keep an eye on if you're a Saints fan. So possibly no Shepard possibly no Slayton. And let's be real with no Blake Martinez, the inside of the Giants defense is just not going to be nearly as consistent as it would week one, week two, which even then wasn't that great either. So you have those injuries for the Giants already listed. What's going on with the Saints side of things. What do we need to know for this game? I know a lot of Saints fans are going to go into this game and they're going to have some assumptions. Well, going up against Daniel Jones, he's a turnover machine. That was right. However, this year, Daniel Jones has done a good job of taking care of the football. I am not one to compliment Daniel Jones. I usually take shots at Daniel Jones. But through three weeks, he's got no interceptions. Boy, would I love that to change on Sunday. And I kind of think it will change on Sunday, especially if the Saints can stick to their script of getting after the quarterback, getting an early lead, and allowing your pass rush to just kind of pin their ears back and go. And with the Saints, with Tano Passigno, with Peyton Turner, with Cam Jordan, with Carl Granderson, if they can get a lead to the point where you're relying on your pass rushers and your crowd to just get after Daniel Jones, that is the formula to turn Danny Dimes into loose change, Charlie. I think that is basically what the Saints are going to need, and I think it's very possible that could happen. But it's it's worth noting that Daniel Jones has done a really good job of taking care of the football through three weeks. I got to add through three weeks because he really is a fumble machine. I think the Saints can get after him. This one will be interesting. Another thing. Just because the Giants have explosive weapons, don't be mistaken. This is not a team that's pushing the ball down the field right now. They're just not. Everything seems like an upfield battle, which is good news for the Saints because when this defense gets locked in after it, that's really when they're at their best. We saw them last week. You just put Mac Jones and the Patriots in a bind. They did the same thing to the, to the Packers. So this is good news for the Saints. The flip side, though, I do think, especially if the Giants are in this game early and have a little bit of confidence, I can see where the Giants' defense is able to hold their own against the Saints' offense. Why do I say that? Well, for starters, rookie pass rusher Aziz Ojalary, he's got a sack in each of the first three games. He has been really good, been able to watch his first three games. I think he is someone that the Saints are going to have to account for. And with no Teron Armstead, that means Hurst is going to step up. That means you need Ramchek to be Ryan Ramchek. If not, you can see the rookie from Georgia having a nice little impact for the Giants there. And how about James Bradbury? Not having as good of a season as last year, 
But the Saints, sec- the Saints receiving corps is not going to threaten the Giants secondary, at least on a consistent basis. So I think Bradbury, you probably put him on Callaway and take Callaway out of the game. However, if there was ever a week for Deontay Harris to just light a team up, I think this is the week. I really do. I think when you're in the dome and you're in that controlled environment and you could dictate the pace and dictate the tempo of this game, if you're the Saints, establish the run, get after it early, and maybe call that play-action shot play that you so desperately want to use with Deontay Harris because I don't think the Giants have a guy in their secondary who can really stick stride for stride with him. And, And honestly, no one really does. He's that fast. So I think Deontay Harris, I tweeted earlier this week. I'll tweet it again. I think this is the week we see another deep touchdown pass to Deontay Harris. I just think the game script will be there for the Saints. And I think with the Giants, I've seen it, whether it is the first week against the Broncos, whether it was week two against Washington with Taylor Heineke, a lot of shots downfield where they're there for the taking. So I think if you're New Orleans, if you can give Jameis enough protection where he feels comfortable, he feels comfortable himself to let it rip down the field. All right, let's do this thing. I think that is where you can see him throw one down there to Deontay Harris. And like I said, if Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are kind of doing their thing against the Callaway and against the Kenny Stills and, and those boys, I think that Deontay Harris is the guy who kind of has the easiest uh, matchup. And that's because of him. That's a testament to Deontay's speed. You know, it's not because he has the easiest matchup because he's just not good. That's not the case. I think through three weeks, he's been their best receiver. He is just so shifty that if you're the Giants, I think you almost concede the fact that it's going to have to be bracket coverage. It's going to need safety help over the top because one guy is not going to be able to stick with him. So I really think this is a game for Deontay Harris to step up. I know that could obviously change in a heartbeat, but if you're the Saints, you got to see what you can do there. Now, let's get into this game. I know I know a lot of you want to know what are my thoughts on whether or not they're going to win, what, how I view this game, because I saw Saints fans panicking about NFL Network picking them to win and whatnot. I just want to get this out there. I know I sound like, you know, such a, you know, I don't want to say you're one of those guys who's not fun at a party here, but that doesn't matter. Like whatever NFL network says or whatever ESPN says, or whatever bleach report says, whatever anyone puts out at the end of the day, it's just a prediction. And whether you like it or not, guys, the saints are favored going into this game because they're just a better football team. They're better defensively. They're better coached. They've just been more consistent. They're not making mistakes and they're just proven winners where over the last couple of years, the giants have been chronic losers. So that is why you're going to see the saints favored in this game. And let's not forget, Like I mentioned at the top of the show, they're going back into New Orleans. They're going back into the Dome. That's another element, another factor as to why the Saints will be favored in this game. So your favorite analyst saying the Saints could and should win this game is not going to impact this one. The the Saints didn't win last week because people uh, picked the Patriots. The Saints won last week because they just outmanned and just bullied Mac Jones and that Patriots offense. That's why they won the game. And there's no reason why they can't replicate that formula against a Giants offense that is struggling to put up points against the Denver Broncos against the Atlanta Falcons. There's no reason why the Saints can't copy that formula and do it again. So now that I got that out of the way, let me tell you my true thoughts about this game. This is the type of game for me that I think, you know, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again, but this one more than last week. I think this is the type of game where I get an indication as to who are the 2021 New Orleans Saints. And no, them losing or winning this game doesn't end the season, doesn't make the season. But when you play a team that you are definitely better than, and you're at home, and you should win this game, I don't want to say, you know, blow them out by 20 points, but the Saints should win this game by a touchdown or more. This is going to tell me a lot about the New Orleans Saints because this is the this is the get-right game. This is the game where Winston should build up confidence. This is the game where Alvin Kamara shows the world he is still one of the best running backs in football. This is the game where the, the Saints defense just forces yet again one to two, maybe even three turnovers. 
This is the game where the Saints say, we don't have Drew Brees, but this is what we got. We got a great defense. We got a great running game. We got great special teams. That is the type of game that they should be having. Now, if they lose this game, it would be a disappointment. It would be a disappointment to go back to the Dome and lose to a Giants team that is kind of lifeless right now. That is basically just running back the same script that's not working because that's the definition of insanity. And when you're in New York and you convince yourself that winning a Super Bowl in 2011 was good enough for the next 20 years, that's fine for them. So for the Saints to drop a game to this team, yeah, that would be really, really disappointing. Would it completely change the way I look at this team? Maybe not, but I would be disappointed. On the flip side, the Saints go in and they take care of business and they win where it was never in doubt that the Saints were going to come out on top of the, against the Giants. I think that's what changes teams. There's two things about good teams, two things about playoff teams, and I always find them true. Good teams find ways to win and good teams do not lose two bad teams. Now, I know you're going to say, well, the Saints lost to the Eagles and the Saints lost to, and basically bring up every year the Saints have a letdown game. That letdown game is still coming, but not this early in the season. That letdown game is probably coming, whether it's against the Titans or whether it's against the Falcons. Somewhere down the road, I could see that game happening and I can live with that letdown game. This early in the season, though, when it's almost like a have to win, when you go back into the Dome and you're with people who have been really going through hell for the last month and a half, you got to win this one for them. And I, I know what we've been saying it the last three weeks, but this one specifically for the Saints, you got to win the game. You, it's that simple. Now, the good news is I do think they are going to win this game. I, I, you know, I looked at it and I thought for the Saints, for them to lose this game, there's a lot of things that have to happen. For starters, Jameis needs to be bad Jameis. He doesn't need to be bad Jameis like last week where a couple of indecisive throws. No, he's got to be the Carolina Jameis and maybe even a little worse for them. Now, that's not the only thing. They need their defense, which has been really good through three weeks, for the exception of maybe one quarter against Carolina. They need that defense against an offense that only put up 14 points against the Falcons. They need that defense to not show up. That is the one that really changes me because I think this defense is going to be flying around the field with the home crowd. You, you really know they're just going to be, they're going to have Choppa style on and they're just going nuts throughout the game. You, you just get that vibe from now. So, there's a lot of factors. You need special teams to not show up. Now, I know Aljic Rosas, that man's probably not going to show up, although there is a revenge game factor. He was a former New York Giant. Maybe this is the week that he finally hits a, you know, hits a field goal. I know last week he couldn't hit it from 36, so maybe inside the dome he could hit like a 32-yard chip shot or something, but even then it's a little suspect. But the punting game, the return game, the kickoff game, all that for the Saints has been pristine, so you want that to continue. And I just look at it, and again, I think the Giants are one way, one loss away from blowing it up. And I think the Saints are a big win away from saying, all right, we might have found ourselves. Because again, and it's not a bad thing, the Saints are finding ways to win without having an identity yet. There's no better time for the Saints than in October to find their identity. Because I said it, and I'll say it again, the fact that they got to a 2 and one record through the first three games with the adversity that they had to deal with is really good. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Carolina's 3-0 and we're technically in third place in the division because the Bucs have the tie break over. I don't want to hear it. I, I really don't want to hear it. This Saints team to be 2-1 and one where they're at through all the adversity they dealt with with the three teams that they faced at the start of the year, sign me up every time. I'll take 2-1. and one. So now you go into October. You're looking for your identity. You're looking to try and find yourself, especially offensively, because that is where we're really having all these question marks. If the Saints go out there and just do their damn job, there's no reason why they shouldn't win this game. And I believe the Saints are going to win this game. I believe they're going to win 27 to 13. This is the first time this year I've gone with a double-digit victory. 
Last week, I had the Saints winning by a field goal. They ended up winning convincingly against the Patriots. We'll see what happens this time around. Now that I'm saying the Saints would win 27 to what I believe 13 in this one. And again, it just comes down to what I said last week. I think this Saints defense is great. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's decent. I don't think it's having a hot start to the season. I think this Saints defense is great. It's absolutely great. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the safety duo, which I think is one of the more underrated in the league. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the cornerback group, which, man, Paulson Adebo has given them some life that we didn't know that they were going to be capable of having. And Ken Crawley's out, and, Ade- and, and Bradley Roby's not even playing. That's how good that cornerback room is. And, oh, by the way, Marshawn Lattimore, he's been the best corner in the league for three weeks, but we'll leave that out of the picture for a second. How about the linebackers with Demario Davis playing at an all-pro level yet again and to have Caden Ellis and Pete Werner come in and give them life at that position with Quan Alexander sitting, that's a big factor. And how about the D-line, Marcus Davenport sitting, and man, with the way to know Passanio and Peyton Turner and Cam Jordan are playing, for now, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And let's not forget that David Onyemata has been suspended the first six games. So I am a firm believer that this is a Saints defense first team like the Chicago Bears in basically 2018 I think that's the type of defense this Saints team has. I think they have the type that every single game you're going to be in and you're going to have a chance to win because that side of the ball is going to hold their weight. So for the first time this year, excluding week one, because that was just an absolute, I don't want to say it was an anomaly, but that was just some bonkers game. This is the one where the Saints offense has to hold their weight. This is the game where they say, okay, I think we found something that works with Jameis Winston. I think we found something that works with Deontay Harris and Alvin Kamara and this offense, whether that's giving Tony Jones Jr. more carries, whether that's getting Kamara involved early and often in the passing game, which I would like to see them do more, and whether that's just doing quick hitters to make sure that you protect Jameis and get him in a rhythm. And how about Taysom Hill? He played really well last week against the uh, the Patriots. I expect them to use him again this week. The Saints are going to find ways, and Sean Payton has been that guy, which no matter what you give him, he finds a way to win because that's who he is. It's in his DNA. I think the Saints win this game 27-13. If that happens, that would improve them to 3-1, and one, and it would improve their home record to 2-0, and oh, albeit one of those games in Jacksonville. So the real home record would be 1-0, and oh, but there's no better place for the Saints to find themselves offensively than in the place where they belong, the Caesars Superdome. I'm really excited for this game. Again, as someone from who's New York, I've gotten to hear a lot of back and forth. As bad as the Giants have been, I know a lot of people who think they're going to make this upset, so don't feel like this is all Saints. I know a lot of delusional people who kind of coming at me and saying, that the Saints are definitely going to lose this game. They're going to be too emotional. I don't see that being the case. I think this is the get-right game offensively. I think this is the one where we kind of see a little bit of Jameis Winston's arm talent and potential. And if that's the case, I do think the Saints are going to win. But I'm really interested to know what you guys think. So hit me up on Twitter, whether it's via the replies, via the DMs. Until this comment section gets back up on Twitter, I don't know when that's going to happen. Hopefully soon. I love interacting with you guys as always. But I appreciate you guys tuning in to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast and stay tuned for more coverage, not only on Twitter and on YouTube over the next couple of days, but the recap podcast on Sunday. It's going to be late afternoon after that game is over. Hopefully, my birthday's on Saturday, so hopefully my birthday gifts to Saints win on Sunday, but we'll see what happens this weekend when the Saints take on the Giants in what will be their first official game back in the Caesar Superdome. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more content in the very near future on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.